I'm Dr. Mandy Beats, and you're listening to the Behind the Brace podcast. Each week, I'll be sharing conversations and resources to help families and providers navigate the world of scoliosis. This is your place to find hope for a better solution so that you can live your best life. everyone. Welcome back. This week, we are talking about why I can't feel my hands. And this might seem like an odd topic, but um, it's so interesting to me because oftentimes, sometimes people don't even ask me this question. I have to ask them this question because they don't even realize that it's not normal. Um, so anytime people come into my office, I'll say, hey, you know, do you ever have any trouble with uh, numbness tingling in your hands? Or, you know, do you ever have a time where maybe like, your hand falls asleep or you can't feel your hands. Um, and I can't tell you how many times people say like, oh yeah, all the time. I mean, you know, I'll get up in the morning and yeah, my hands are numb, but after half hour or so they start to wake up and, um, they've lived with it that long that they just feel like it's normal. And they're like, well, yeah, it's just how I sleep. Like it's fine. It's not a big deal. Um, they always wake up, it goes away. Um, but in reality, that is not normal. It might be common for some people. I mean, a lot of these things, you know, if you talk to people, you might be able to find people and say like, oh, yeah, that's kind of common, but it's definitely not normal. Um, So I want to talk about that just a little bit because that's a sign that can tell you quite a few things, honestly, um, just about what your body might be telling you. And so I would say that a lot of people that talk about this where they're like, yeah, you know, I can't feel my hands. It's either um, either people that work at a computer or a desk all day um, where they're like on a laptop or a computer, they're using their hands, they're writing papers, they're grading papers, teachers, teachers grade papers, um, you know, anything where they're using their hands. Uh, even people that um, work in, say, like a warehouse or a manufacturing place where they're constantly going from like left to right or right to left, and they're doing these repetitive motions. Um, hairdressers, they have their their hands above their head. Honestly, I hear that from a lot of people, whether it's like they do nails, they do pedicures, they um, do hair, um, anything where they have their hands up like that um, is a, a huge issue. And so there's a couple of reasons why. So first of all, you have to kind of understand um, part of the body a little bit. So I'm going to talk about, you know, where this is coming from and how this might affect you. And uh, there might be some bells going off for some of you as I talk through this. So first of all, you know, our head is obviously the top of our body and we have a curve in our neck and then that holds our head over the top of our shoulders. So in our spine, our brainstem spinal column comes down through there and all of the nerves come out of our neck. So all of the nerves coming out of our neck come directly, you know, down our neck, through our shoulders and into our hands. So what's going on in our neck can affect, the, it does affect the nerves in our hands. So oftentimes what I'll see is there's a combination of things because the other thing to be aware of is you have this huge nerve bundle like right on the front of your shoulder that comes all the way down your arm um, that innervates all of your fingers and your arm and all of those things. So it can either be that there's something going on in your neck that's affecting the nerve that then runs down into your hands or it could be that the muscles on like the front of your chest and the front of your neck are either so tight or so spastic or even damaged that they're pressing on the nerve bundles that are then passing down into your arms. Um, oftentimes what I find is it's a combination of both. And it just depends on why that might be. So if you're working on a computer all day long 
or people that have their hands up in the air, say like curling hair, doing different things like that, or people, um, you know, even in like warehouses manufacturing things, if you're using your hands in a way that it's straining your neck, and it's also using those muscles on the front of your body, the front of your shoulders and your arms and your neck, we get really tight on the front. Uh, kind of like if you listen back a few episodes ago, I was talking about the whole, you know, I think it's, people are calling it tech neck now. Maybe they came up with a different name. I've never actually used that name in my clinic, but I see it all the time with younger, the younger generations, right? Um, I think maybe I'm old enough I can say that now. Um, but when we talk about that, we always have this forward posture. And even in my line of work as a chiropractor, right, what am I doing? I'm standing over a table leaning forward over the top of a patient. So physical therapists, chiropractors, um, massage therapists, even nurses, dental hygienists, um, dental assistants, and dentists. Huge, right? Because they're constantly leaning over, they're sitting in a chair, and they're using their bodies in ways that the front of our bodies are constantly contracted. And we're using those muscles and we're, we're leaning forward, but the backside of our body is not. And so we get this spasm and this tightness in through the muscles on the front of our chest, the front of our neck, we're constantly looking down. It puts stress on our spine. It can affect the motion of the vertebrae, which then put pressure on the nerve that comes out and then controls the rest of our hand. So it doesn't matter if you're getting pressure from the actual vertebrae at the root of the nerve in your neck that then comes down, or if you're getting that pressure from the muscle on the front of your body that then comes down into your arms. Um, and like I said, most of the time, it's both of those. Uh, but that can create the issue that people have where their hands fall asleep. They get tingly, they get numb, they fall asleep. Sometimes they feel even weakness where you know you can't open a jar, um, things like that. Or sometimes it can even get so severe that um, people will drop things. They won't have the ability to grasp things. Um, so an example of that is um, I had a, a woman come in and she was like, gosh, I don't know why. Every time I unload my dishwasher, I try to put my plates up on the second shelf of the cupboard. And if I try to grab a plate to put it up there, she's like, I'll drop the plate because she couldn't, once her hand got up, she couldn't grasp the plate like she should. Um, and it was because that nerve root coming out of her neck wasn't firing properly because of issues in her neck. And the muscles through the front of her body were so tight that then her hands weren't functioning the way that they should. Um, so it can present in that way too, where maybe you don't have the strength in your hands. Maybe it's numb. Maybe it's tingling. Maybe they fall asleep. Maybe when you work on your computer, they fall asleep. Um, one of the biggest ones that I hear from people is that um, if they travel a lot, if they're driving, once they sit in the car and they have their hands on the wheels, that when they put their hands up on the wheels, their hands will fall asleep. Um, or if they're working on a computer, the same thing will happen where they'll be working on their computer and then eventually their hands will fall asleep and they'll have to stop and like shake out their hands. Um, and so that's where if you're having these things happen, that's not normal. Um, it might be common surrounding the people you work with or the people that you know, um, but it's definitely not normal. Um, the other thing is, and this is a huge one that I hear all of the time, is people say, well, I'll wake up. And, and you know, whether they have their arm above their head while they sleep or if they sleep on their side, and they'll say, well, I'll wake up and my hands are numb, but then I'll get up and move around and, and it'll be okay. Um, now, obviously, like if you wake up and your hand is pinned underneath your hip and you've been laying on it for an hour, it's normal for that to be numb, right? Because you've been sitting on it. It's like when you sit on the floor cross-legged on your foot and then you go to stand up and your foot is all numb and tingly. Like 
that's okay. That's not what I'm talking about. But if you're sleeping normally, whether your hands are above your head or not, and you wake up and your hands are numb, tingly, you can't feel them. It's got that like dead asleep feeling to it. That's not normal. So that's where you really should be getting that checked because it's an indication that there's a problem, whether most of the time it's coming from your neck um, and it can also come from muscles. But if there's a problem in your neck and you're not addressing it, it typically only gets worse over time. And that can result in things like degeneration in your neck, decreased disc space. It can result in um further alteration of that function in your nerve. So basically how your brain and your body talk to one another. Um, And if you let it go too long, depending on what's going on, um, sometimes that can result in degeneration and instability. And again, I'm talking years, not months. So it's not like in the next four weeks, this will happen. But sometimes three years, five years, 10 years, right? You think about how much time goes by. Um, If there's a problem, it typically only gets worse. So if you're having any of these signs, it doesn't matter what your age is, um, you really should get it checked. And again, that would entail making sure that you see somebody that has the ability to do a thorough exam. And I'm always a pro x-ray. You know, we don't need to shoot a bunch of films or do MRIs or CTs or x-rays when they're not necessary. However, the radiation exposure for a set of films is really minimal compared to the radiation we're exposed to on a daily basis. So if you've never gotten a set of films and you're having some of these problems, you really should get a set of films because the films are going to show us what your spine is doing. And even though this might not be a problem that you have all the time, it's still your body giving you a sign. Typically, people don't have these problems. So if you're having these problems, this is your body telling you that you need to take a closer look. And so getting a set of x-rays, at least in my opinion, and I'm sure there will be other opinions, it's really important because at least in our practice, we're looking at things from a preventative, proactive point of view. So I want to see things before they get bad because once they're bad, then what are we going to do? We can't correct a bunch of degeneration and disc disease issues once they're already there. But, you know, we have the ability in the training that if we see them early, And if we can see the precursors to what's going on, then we can implement something ahead of time so that you don't get to that point. I mean, that's the whole point of it is is getting filmed so that you can identify and see what's going on so that it prevents the bad thing from happening. Um, So at least from my opinion, seeing somebody that can do a set of films, do a a functional exam, um, whether that's through thermal scans or surface EMG to check muscle function, things like that, just to kind of see what's going on. Um, And then to be able to help you identify what's the right way to move forward with this, what needs to be done so that it doesn't continue to get worse over time. Because I can tell you in my experience, I don't know that I have ever had a patient come in with a problem similar to this and have them not do anything about it and come back five years later saying like, oh yeah, it's perfectly fine. Like it went away all on its own. I don't know that I've ever had that happen. Um, All of the time, well, nothing's all of the time, but pretty much all of the time when somebody has had an issue like this, they have had to do something, whether it's that chiropractic care is appropriate, whether PT is appropriate, whether they needed some sort of... um, intervention for like traction or a spinal issue, whether there's not a curve in their neck, just different things. Um, So if you're 
experiencing this, or if you know somebody experiencing this, um, share this with them, give them the information. And uh, I just really encourage you to check it out earlier rather than later because it gives you more options. Um, So hopefully this has been helpful. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week. Thanks for spending time with me today. If you could leave a review before you go, that would help us reach more people that need this message. To learn more about the services and resources that we have available, visit us at BehindTheBrace.com. This show is produced by Rayma Team Media. To learn more about how they can help you with your podcast, visit RaymaTeam.com.